It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is an in-depth look at things affecting today's veteran. The Basser Hour is sponsored by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour. On this beautiful, balmy, frozen, frigid 14th day of November 2019. With us today, how you doing, Gerald? Well, I'm doing all right. If I can get thawed out, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have a special guest today. Uh, he's from even colder places, Gerald. Mr. John Dorley from Minnesota. How you doing, John? I'm good, guys. It's good to talk to you. And it, you know, as cold as it is down there, it's always colder in Minnesota, so you can't go <laughs> play. Well, <laughs> but but we're, we're hey, hey, we're a hardy crew. We're Vikings, right? So uh, you know, we're used to that cold. As long as it stays uh, above zero, we're okay with it. it. Gets under zero, we're not too happy. So yeah. Well, you know the best. The best thing about living in Minnesota, John, is you can take all your stuff out of your deep freeze, sit on the back porch, and defrost your deep freeze by having the food spoiled. There you go. But we get the freezer burn. It gets so cold, it gets that freezer burn real quick. So we got to be careful yeah. about that, too. So, no, we love it here. My, it, it, it's a, my boss, it is what it is. My Bible side got freezer burn the other day because of that. We were uh, Talking through pre-show, uh, I want to do some update discussions on the Appeals Modernization Act. Uh, I know you've had a lot of experience with it, and over the, I guess it's a bit implemented. Uh, how's, how's it going? How's it doing? Are, 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 you, are you having, have you having a, good, a good time with it? You know, it, it's a love-hate relationship, John. Uh, I, I like to think that uh, um, I got into this on the ground floor when, when the whole thing started. Uh, back in late 2017 when they introduced the RAMP, the Rapid Appeals Modernization Program, which then evolved, evolved into the Appeals Modernization Act, February 2019. So, so I like to think that uh, um, I know a lot about it. I've been following it closely and certainly as part of my job as an accredited appeals agent, uh, I have to know how this program works. And so um, I was just talking to Gerald Cook, Gerald Cook the other day, uh, who uh, on the success rate uh, with the Board of Veterans Appeals. And, and you know, the Board of Veterans Appeals with, with these uh, Appeals Modernization Act claims, they're turning them around pretty quick. Um, the, the, the idea was that it'd probably be at least a year for the Board of Veterans Appeals to kick them back. I'm getting them back in about seven months. And, and gall darn it, that they're not coming back fairly favorable. Um, you know, some of them are denied, but, you know, it, it's a tough go with the Board of Veterans Appeals. But I'm overall pretty happy with the Board of Veterans Appeals and this Appeals Modernization Act. But, uh, no, I think, I think uh, John, when you, when you ask how I like it, um, uh, I prefer it over the old appeals process called the legacy appeals process, uh, which, which you could, you know, wait three to four years, if not longer, for a decision from the Board of Veterans Appeals in Washington, D.C., but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good program overall. Um, I think we're all going through some growing pains still. But uh, um, I think we're going to be on board, everyone, 100% copacetic here real soon, and it'll, it'll work the way it's supposed to. Well, that's good news. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I know you're pretty, you keep on top of these pretty good as far as, like, you said maybe seven months. And take, I mean, what is the average actual time, say, for example, of the uh, standard or the legacy appeals process? How long does that take? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, the legacy appeals process, uh, which which is still technically in effect for some appeals, uh, if, if you didn't opt into uh, the RAMP program, the Appeals Modernization Act, prior to February of 2019, you were, you were stuck in that legacy appeals process. Uh, so for those veterans that are still in the legacy appeals process, uh, yeah, I mean, we're still looking at quite a long wait for you, not only at the regional office, but at the Board of Veterans Appeals. Not as long, because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things have been taken off the plate of the legacy appeals process because 
a lot of the transfers went to the appeals management process. Uh, but but the legacy, I, I, I'm telling veterans, you know, we're, you're still looking at probably two to three years uh, from the time that the uh, appeal is docketed at the Board of Veterans Appeals for a decision. Um, and that, that's if you don't request a video conference or a traveling board or, or a personal hearing. If you request something like that, then you can add a couple more years to that. That's not to discourage anyone from pursuing their option of having a video conference or, or a personal hearing, but, but you have to understand, and the Board of Veterans Appeals will even tell you this in their letter, is that if you select that option, you're going to probably add, it'll add a couple more years to the wait right. to get a final decision. A lot of people are kind of up in the air about it, because once you select the uh, the, uh, the the new appeals modernization, the rapid appeals, I guess they take away your avenues to have new evidence. Is that right? Uh, I have not seen that uh, with, with the Appeals Modernization Act. Uh, I know there are some concerns about uh, presenting new and relevant evidence and then the board's duty to assist, that kind of thing. Uh, I've never been a, a too worried about losing the, the Board of Veterans Appeals duty to assist because the fact is um, uh, I, any representation that I have I'm already performing that duty to assist. I'm finding those records, uh, whether they're federal archives or state archives or, or personal records. I'm I'm already assisting my client in getting those records. So I've never I've never seen that as a real setback in, in the duty to assist. Uh, the fact is, the Board of Veterans Appeals uh, um, they do a pretty good job overall. And what 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 a lot of people don't know is that the Board of Veterans Appeals still can remand claims. They can still order the lower uh, regional office to uh, to perform certain tasks and measures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the duty to assist does still apply to the regional offices. So if the board determines that the regional office failed in their duty to assist, and if that means a compensation exam or an opinion mm-hmm. or a clarification on a compensation exam, uh, mm-hmm. they, they can force the regional office to, to do that. Uh, so okay. so that, And that's what's called a remand. Uh, so, so we're okay. getting a lot of those too. So, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. if you get a remand, that's that's a success to me. I'd rather win it, but a remand is better than a denial. Yeah, it keeps the door open. That's a good thing. I mean, I know a lot of folks that have that. Now, say for example, you file, say you file your claim, you have a CMP exam, you don't think it's favorable, and you get a denial letter, and you elect the appeal process. Okay, say. When you left that, you go out and say you see like a doctor bash or another doctor and get an IMO. Now, would you can you submit that as new material evidence, or do you have to, or how, how does that work? Yeah, it, it gets a little tricky with this appeals modernization act. So, so any decision that came out after uh, February 19th of 2019, y- you have no other option but to opt into the appeals management process, the AMA, right. and, and that has that has three different lanes. It's called a supplemental lane review higher level review and, and uh, the Board of Veterans Appeals review. So when you okay. ask whether you can submit uh, additional new and relevant evidence, like in the form of a, a medical opinion from Dr. Basher or, or, or right. another doctor, uh, you can do that. You don't want to file your appeal right away, though, because uh, if you're going to supplement your appeal with new and relevant evidence, uh, you get that new and relevant evidence first, and then you file what's called the supplemental lane review with it, because if you file an appeal uh, under the supplemental lane review without new and relevant evidence, the VA will kick it back and say, uh, you know, don't bother us until you get us new and relevant evidence. Um, now, if you don't have new and relevant evidence, but you feel like you have a case, uh, you can opt to what's called a higher level review, which mandates uh-huh. that you agree not to submit any new and relevant evidence uh, and a decision uh-huh. review officer will uh, make the decision based on the evidence of record. So you can go that route. If that comes back denied, you can still rotate back into a supplemental lane review. You can't mm-hmm. ask for another higher level review. Uh, you, you would have to do either a supplemental lane review or the Board of Veterans Appeals. So it gets a little bit more limited uh, when mm-hmm. you get a denial uh, on what lane you can use, but uh, right. um, it gives you more options, that's for sure. Mm, okay. Uh, just thinking I know some stuff sticks and happen pretty soon. I'll probably be going down one of those avenues and hope I have the correct GPS to put me on the avenue with the least traffic back up. You know, 
John. It's it's you hit the nail on the head. Anytime you can produce new and relevant evidence to help support uh, a claim or an appeal, uh, that's mm-hmm. always the route to go. But I've had a number of appeals where um, I look at it. I think you know we don't even need new and relevant evidence. We're going to appeal this right to the higher level review because that lower level. Uh, by rating specialist, the, I mean, they they just did a poor job, and so I went a lot of appeals on that too. But but there are sometimes when you get a decision and it's like you have no other option but to file uh, a higher level review because the veteran says I can't get any new and relevant evidence. So we roll the dice. Mm-hmm. We have the higher level review look at it. If the higher level review denies it, uh, then we send it off to the Board of Veterans Appeals. Now if the Board of Veterans Appeals kicks it back and says no and denies it, you can still submit new and relevant evidence under a supplemental lane review and potentially protect that original data claim, which is kind of nice about this new appeals modernization act with, as opposed to the old legacy process, uh, you get a decision from the board of veterans appeals. You're pretty much SOL. You either appeal to the court of veterans appeals or Mm -hmm. you, you reinvent the wheel at the regional office with, with new and relevant evidence. You lose know, the data claim. Yeah, you lose the data claim, mm-hmm. basically. Well, unless, of course, you, like I said, you appeal to the court, uh, which is mm-hmm. above the Board of Veterans' Appeals, then you still check yeah. that data claim. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the worst thing about the BBA. I mean, their decisions are decisions, but, I mean, they're not precedent-setting. So if you've had a major issue that sets a certain precedent, the courts are willing to come back and actually do that, you know. I mean, it's kind of like Nehmer and some other cases, you know, that changed the way they mm-hmm. did their own business. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, because it seems to me like they're trying to – they haven't reinvented the wheel. I think they're just changing the tread on the wheel. They're trying to change it from a different pattern. And, uh, you know, it just yeah, changes the regular heart disease regulations. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's rare that you get a precedent opinion from from mm-hmm. the court, um, and and you know when you get a precedent opinion, precedent opinion that that uh, that pretty much changes the wheel. But but like you said, you're changing the tread. Uh, you might just tweak uh, a rule or a law, interpret it a certain different way. Um, but uh, um, but what's exciting is when those precedent opinions come out, like like you said, Neymar and and uh, some of the other things that uh, have come out that have kind of change the playing game with effective dates when it comes to Nehmer and, and uh, you know, those types of things. Basically, I guess it is what it is now. You know, you've been doing this long enough situation time now that, you know, you could pretty much, uh, you know, help a veteran put him in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do it all, John. I, I try to help every veteran that comes to me. I, I've got veterans all the way from someone who's who's never had anything to do with the VA, wouldn't have anything to do with the VA, never seen the mm-hmm. VA medical center, no home loan, never did a VA benefit in their life, and and uh, I'll take a new claim for them. I mean, it's just, yeah. it start out as in you know very beginning stage, all the way up to uh, I'll have a veteran that call me and, and they're knee deep in appeals and and reconsiderations mm-hmm. and and remands and. I mean, it's, it's about as complicated as a case can get, and I'll, I'll take those cases on too. Those are the fun ones. I always, I always look at it as kind of a puzzle. You know, whenever I get a client that's knee-deep in appeals and, and, and they mm-hmm. haven't gotten anywhere or their power of attorney hasn't really got them anywhere and they want me to take over, um, once I get into that VA claims file, I, I, I look at uh, uh, the very beginning, whenever the first claim was made. Um, mm-hmm. Was that was every single issue decided in that original data claim? Uh, You'll be surprised. I'll look at a, a an initial claim called a 526EZ. I didn't mm-hmm. call it EZ years ago. I said a 526, but it was just uh, 526. I just had yeah, I just had one the other you know a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he filed a 526 in, in mid 70s, and right. one of the claims the VA forgot to adjudicate. Um, and so what, what you've got is, is if we win this thing, 
uh, they would be obligated to compensate him back all the way to 1975. So it's it's what's called an unadjudicated claim. So so it's always it's always beneficial to to look at every claims file from the very beginning just to make sure the VA crossed their T's, dotted their I's. And the laws were different back then too. I mean, in, in the day before the Veterans Claims Assistance Act of November 2000, you weren't always obligated to to help a veteran or call them in for a compensation mm-hmm. exam. I've seen some of these old decisions that they just pretty much snub their nose at the veteran and say, uh, oh, we're not, not going to call well you in for an exam. Your service <laughs> medical, yeah, not well grounded. Your service medical records are void. Go home. Yeah, there's your denial. Um, they yeah, don't look at a I lot of one. different things. Yeah. I got uh, one so. of those. 3.156C kind of popped them in the nose, though. That's a good point. Not well grounded was the old term, and and, and the fact mm-hmm. is, is that the VA has to uh, help the veteran uh, make the claim well grounded. Now they, they, I mean, they can't perform miracles. The veteran has to help themselves too. But the VA has to right. hurdles they have to go through to 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 make sure the veteran knows. Okay, what can we do to help you? Do you want us to get medical records? Those types of things. I think the um, good thing about the VA system is it's all claim. You know, most of it's electronic in you know anyways and. You send it. I guess it goes to James Wisconsin, and then you know, used to be you send your claim, your regional office would pick it up. You know, your nearest regional office, and uh, you know the one nearest me, and you know how good that place is. And uh, now I guess they're picked up like on a rolling basis. So you know, California could pick your claim up and, do, and, and adjudicate your claim. It may not be your local regional office. Right. Yep. In, in the day. But, I say in the day I'm probably talking, oh, I, I don't know, mid-2000s. <laughs> yeah, quite a while ago. I mean, in, in the day, you, you pretty much, the regional office you lived in handled your claim. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's completely turned upside down now. Any regional mm-hmm. office in the country can handle uh, an initial VA disability claim or mm-hmm. reconsideration, uh, a legacy appeal, those types of things. Mm-hmm. If, if if you dive into the, the new appeals process, uh, there's two what they call DROCs, uh, decision mm-hmm. review officer committees uh, in this country. One's in St. Petersburg, Florida. The other one's in Seattle, Washington. They handle mm-hmm. all the uh, higher level review uh, AMA appeal claims. And again, AMA mm-hmm. is the Appeals Modernization Act. That's the new appeals process. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a supplemental lane review, uh, any regional office can handle that. Or if it's a new right. claim, any regional office can can handle that. So if so if you're in Louisville, Kentucky, um mm. and, and you file a claim, it could be uh decided by San Diego, California or Honolulu, Hawaii or whatever other regional mm. offices out there. Um, the reason they did that is to evenly distribute the wealth. Um mm-hmm. and, and I think that uh veterans were catching on and, and I, I know that um I've often suggested that uh, if I knew of a regional office that was more fair, more liberal, mm-hmm. uh, less uh, uh, strict, um, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you might want to open a P.O. box, PO box mm-hmm. somewhere uh, in, in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, if you're willing to come up here for your compensation exam, you're going to have a lot better shot at it. So, uh, a little bit sneaky to do it, but you know when you're representing your clients, you do whatever you can under the law to help them. And there's no law that so you couldn't do that. That's right. Open-minded regional office. How's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can send them to yeah, yeah. AD four twelve. You know about that, don't you? No thanks. <laughs> all those all those denial four twelve. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, We've had our rounds with Louisville, haven't we? Um, oh, we have. I've had, I've had a few hearings out of Louisville. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Believe it or not, Louisville used to be one of the best. It used to be one of the best. And 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 it and what it what's interesting about the job that I do, and I've been doing this close to thirty years, and in the first twenty years. I operated solely with the St. Paul VA regional office. Um, the last 10 years, I operate with all the regional offices throughout the country, and, and, and I'm gaining a lot more and more experience with uh, uh, these regional offices. And, and you get a good sense of 
of who's good, who's not good, who needs work, who doesn't need work. Um, and so, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, you and I have gone gone around and around with Louisville on, on, on yeah. some of our uh, uh, people we know on their claims. Right. And, and at the end of the day, they they got worked out, but boy, you sure had to squeeze them tight to get it done. That's for sure, right? Yeah, I mean that's just the way they are. I don't know if it's uh, if it's because they're a bunch of hillbillies or what. You know, there's something, there's something going on. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've actually, I mean, I've actually, I've actually helped people get jobs. Back when I was in the working working world, I know a couple of folks that actually they just need some references, and they, get, and they actually got jobs in Raiders in that office. Of course, now I don't know where they're at today. You know, it was years ago. But, you know, they're very intelligent people, but. After reading their knowledge, skills, and abilities in their application process, one of their main focus was creative writing. You had to be very creative in your wordology, methodology, and how you wrote. And they would grade that and be part of and that would be how you basically were the qualifications for a job. So that creative writing is shown in the event of all these decisions they pass out, you know. And it's a, you can tell they've got a, you know, a, they've got a big ability to write. Whether that's an uh, actual fact or not, that's that's a different issue. I think it's a lot of fiction involved. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you talk about creative writing and and research and investigation, I I think about what I do and and uh, uh, being creative uh, without putting a lot of BS into your legal briefs and dissertations. I think is the key. Right. For the for the most part, when these regional offices, these these decision review officers. Uh, when they look at that, uh, they know that they know that this person knows what they're doing, and so yeah. um, that you get a leg up by doing that. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. The last couple of shows, we always talked about the different regional offices, and I always like to give kudos to uh, uh, the regional offices that I thought had turned around pretty good and and uh, are doing well, but. But I always like to kind of point the finger at some of the other regional offices that that really need a lot of work. And um, I, I tell you, th- th- there's there's a couple regional offices that um, I honestly don't know why why they have their job. And that, I don't like to poke at people, but uh, um, you know, Baltimore and and uh, Montgomery, Alabama, he needs a lot of work. Um, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But then you look at some of the I'll tell you one regional office that's really turned around pretty well is St. Petersburg, and they, and they had a lot of work to do. Um, to get, yeah, they're. I, mean, I think they've got a lot more respectable. Yeah, high a lot population. more respectable. A lot of yeah. So, of course, I'm going to get a lot of winter. Go down in the winter, so they become really busy. But uh, it's kind of like we use in the military, John. Did you have the old attaboy process in the army, like we did in the navy? Yeah. Yeah. They give you an attaboy. However, yeah. one all snap erases all attaboys. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is it, uh, uh, John, is it advisable to switch regional offices whenever you run across one that's you, you just know you're not going to go nowhere because they won't work with you? Well, that's the thing, Gerald. We don't have that option anymore. Um, that's that's the way the system has been set up. In the day, you could, like I said, you kind of you kind of wink, wink, sneak around a little bit, and maybe open a post office box. Even though you live in Joplin, Missouri, uh, if you're not getting the the good uh, regional office, or you get in a regional office that's really tight, uh, you could open a PO box, for example, in another regional office and make that your home residence, and then the VA would be obligated to adjudicate your claim out of that regional office. But, but now it's, it's, it's not an option for us anymore, Gerald. Your, your claim could be decided at pretty much any regional office throughout the country, unless, of course, like I mentioned to you earlier, if it's AMA Appeals Management Act, uh, higher level review, it's decided out of the decision review office committees at DROCs out of St. Petersburg and uh, Seattle. So, so, yeah, Gerald, unfortunately, that option has really been, been taken away. They try to spread the wealth throughout the country in, in original claims and supplemental appeals and, and and things of that sort. Oh, it makes it rough then. 
you gotta, you know, if you get stuck in a quagmire out there, which a lot of us do, uh, you just can't get out from under it then. Well, I like to think that if you have a competent representative, uh, whether that's an attorney or an agent such as myself, or whether you have a national service officer or a county veteran service officer that that knows the right people to call, uh, presents the claim in the right way, uh, you're 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 going to have a lot better advantage in in uh, in winning your your claim or your appeal, regardless of what regional office it's at. Um, that being said, uh, you can you can beat your head bloody against the wall. Uh, at, at some of these regional offices, and um, I have no problem contacting the Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs. I don't like to do that unless I absolutely have to, um, but uh, um, they're pretty good about calling these people on the carpet. Um, I just uh, I just had, had my fill with the Baltimore VA regional office on this particular claim not that long ago, and I've had to go to the Secretary on them before. Um, and it's just a couple of years ago that Baltimore got some kudos for the most improved regional office. They aren't the most improved. They got a lot of work to do as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're not serving their veterans as far as I'm concerned. I'll just say it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say any more than that. They, they're just not serving their veterans, I, I don't think, out of that regional office. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make, Gerald, is that all hope is not lost if you feel like you're at a regional office that, that is just not doing the job. You have plenty of options. I think the first option is, is, is hiring uh, an attorney or an agent. Uh, and, you know, if, if you have to give up 20% of your back pay, it's worth it. Because, you know, uh, giving up 20%, uh, if you can win a claim that you wouldn't normally win, Without the assistance of a competent attorney or agent, uh, at the at, at the cost of twenty percent of your back pay, why wouldn't you do it? Well, um, you and, would. And do it. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, sometimes it's not the money. If if you hire someone and they're not performing as as you think they should, then uh, oh, there you go. You go and. Got a big rigmarole, whether it's a BSO, whether it's an attorney, um, and, and you you can hire someone, and and it, it, I would say to veterans, if you're going to hire someone, an agent, an attorney, um, be patient, work with that person, give give them enough leash to let them do what they do, but if it comes to the point in time where it's just not a copacetic relationship between you and your agent or attorney. Uh, you can always revoke that person. Uh, you just simply uh, advise the VA, I no longer want uh, uh, Attorney Smith representing me, and they will revoke the power of attorney. Uh, of course, then you're going solo unless you can convince uh, another agent or attorney to take over your case, or you may go the free route and hire a national service officer like the DAV or VFW or American Legion or or have a county or state veteran service officer uh, represent you. There's no no harm in trying to do that. I always tell veterans, uh, uh, don't don't go it alone. Regardless of how much research you do, regardless of how many blogs you read, uh, you know you'll, you'll make yourself crazy and dizzy trying to comprehend all of it by yourself. Uh, hire someone. Just hire someone. Let them do it for you. And it doesn't even have to be me. Um, just 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 hire someone that. That, that knows what they're doing. Here's a million dollar question, John. Yep. Are you, do you utilize VBS? Say again, you faded out there, John. Do you use VBS? Do I Are use VBS? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have been um, for, for a good two, three years. Uh, what, what John is referring to is, is uh, VBMS, uh, Veterans Benefits Management System. And, and uh, I've always, and that's good, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think that mm-hmm. any agent, or excuse me, any veteran or, or, or claimant, could be a widower or a widower uh, or, or veteran, is, is looking to hire an agent or an attorney or, or even uh, have uh, a national service officer. First thing you want to ask them is that do you have BBMS, Veterans Benefits Management System? If they say no, 
or if they look at you like a deer in the headlights, walk away. Yes, absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, if you have an, if if you have uh, a representative that does not have an eye on your VA claims file at all times, then then you need to find someone else. And it's not just looking at the VA claims file with VBMS. I get decisions in real time. So so when a decision posts, I get notified right away. Uh, so I know before anyone knows, except the Raider, of course. Uh, now, it may be a couple weeks yet before the award letter promulgates, assuming it's an award, but at least I know. And I can call the veteran and say, hey, this is what I got. Uh, it's not written in stone yet, but it looks like the VA is going to do A, B, C, and D. Uh, give it a couple weeks. Once the award letter promulgates, then it's written in stone. So it also gives me an opportunity to see any any developmental letters come out. I can also see compensation exams that are coming up. I can also see completed compensation exams. I can look at a compensation exam before a decision is made, and I could be 99% sure of, of what's going to probably happen with the decision. Um, you know, is the examiner saying yes? Is the examiner saying no? Is it a good exam? Is it a bad exam? So, so a lot of times I can also contact the VA and say, hey, I just saw this exam posted. Uh, the doctor did not address our specific nexus. Um, so I would just respectfully suggest before you deny this claim, you might want to go back to the doctor and, and develop it more. And you know, sometimes they thumb their nose at me and say, ah, we'll, we'll deny it. And if you want to appeal it, you can appeal it. But, but a lot of times I'll get raters that will say, yeah, you're right. Let's save everyone a lot of time and, and, and go back to the decision maker and, and see if the doctor can do a better job. So, yeah, VBMS is, is a good tool. Uh, if you don't have it out there, I mean, if you're an agent or attorney out there, if you don't have it, then you should. I know the state of Minnesota, the county veteran service officers have it now, so so that's good. I can't. I don't know about any other county service officers. I think a lot of county veteran service officers do now. They have access to VBMS, but I know there's a lot of agents and attorneys out there that don't, which is surprising. Uh, it's a process. You have to go to the VA regional office. You have to get fingerprinted. You have to get vetted. And, you know, there's a number of things you have to do to get access to VBMS. But once you get it, you're pretty much locked in. you got to take a, a course every couple, you know, six, seven months or a year just to recertify that you know about data privacy and all that kind of thing. And, and that's, that's pretty easy. So, you know, it's not a big deal. That's continuing education, Curtis John. Come on. CEUs. Continuing education units. Yeah, they're always fun. As, as an accredited agent, I, I have to do that uh, every every other year. I have to take a course, and 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 uh, it, it's pretty old hat, but but it at least tells the Office of General Counsel that you haven't lost your marbles yet. You still know what's going on. You can still represent these clients. Hmm. Well, I think uh, on the modern-day claims and appeals, BBMS is is mandatory. My land, you can't, you're not able to to uh, properly work a claim without it. I'm yeah, not you, saying you it's impossible, it. but it right. it's sure rough. <laughs> you're not as effective. Uh, no, you're, you're not. definitely not as effective. And, and you don't know what you don't know. Um, when I first became an accredited appeals agent, there was still some turnaround time when I had access to BBMS, and I thought I, I thought I was doing fine. Um, and I probably was, but I wasn't near the service officer or the, the appeals agent I am now, now that I got BBMS. Um you know, you, 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 plus what's, what's fun about BBMS is there's different screens you can look at. There's a screen for notes and each, uh, veteran service representative, decision review officer, uh, makes notes. And, and so you can get an idea of what's going on, uh, and product codes. Uh, there's different notes that they put in there as far as, uh, the claims open, the claims closed. Uh, so, that in combination with, with the context I have at different regional offices makes it a lot easier. I just had a, uh, I just had a rating decision that posted about 
a week or two ago, and the the uh, the notification letter hadn't posted. And I looked at the VBMS notes, and it said it had closed. So I uh, emailed the uh, assistant director in Waco, and he said, "Is it just me, or does it look like this rating was closed without uh, promulgation of the notification letter, so we can potentially appeal?" Um, she came back and said, "Yeah, you're right. Let me get that fixed." So. Who knows how long that would have sat there if, if, if someone hadn't noticed it. So that, that's the advantage of having VBMS. And all VBMS is, folks, is, is listening out there, is it, it, it's a website. It's a Department of Veterans Affairs website that accredited agents and attorneys can have and, and national service officers and county veteran service officers, if they're accredited, go through the the licensure and the, and, the, and the classes that one has to go through to get VBMS. Uh, but it, it's no more than just opening up your personal computer, computer uh, logging in and, and getting into it. And, and uh, I can look up any file that I hold power of attorney for. And I can look at that file from the very beginning when they filed the first claim all the way up to real time today. Well, that's important because if you're not if if you're not dealing or working them real time this day and age, uh, that's problematic. I mean, tell you it, you have to know what what the other party's doing and and where you're at. I mean, you can't wait six months to find out what the BAs think, or a year mm-hmm. or two years. Well, it's beneficial to his clients, Joe, because it gives them the opportunity instead of calling them one eight hundred tag gear, going to the dingling yeah. oh, fancy Nancy, fancy Nancy circus, you know, getting run around and transferred. You can call your, you know, you can call your buddy John there who's working on your claim. He can look it up and tell you exactly where that what they're doing. So that's that's, kind of, that's a good yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you. You can always call the one eight hundred eight two seven one thousand number, but you have to understand you're getting that first line of defense at the uh, at the VA. You're you're not getting decision review officer. You're not getting an experienced rating specialist. You're getting a, a VSR that's that's yeah. thrown on the line. Might have one or two years of experience, and that's not to say they're not sharp or smart and and willing to help. Bless their hearts. I mean. <laughs> They they try their best, but but until Don't you get some seasoning and experience, you you can't truly give good information. I don't think. Well, it's been a while since I called that number. The last time I called it, I got recordings. This is Peggy. <laughs> she said Peggy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better to call your agent, folks. You don't want to speak to that's got two minutes to get you off the phone. Well, I would take you anything, your shoe size or anything, to get you off the phone. Well, I'll tell you, it's a tale, I'll tell you that. <laughs> the VA yeah. will wear you down. They will wear you down. I I, uh, I, I can't emphasize it enough. Don't don't try to do it on your own. I, I get more clients to come to me, and, and they are just, they thought they could beat the VA on their own, and some some do. Oh, darn, I, I get some real sharp veterans. They do it all on their own. They got their rating. Uh, they maximized it. But it probably took about 10 years off their life, too. You know, I mean, they this blood, sweat, and tears to do it. Um, you know, just, just you probably could have got it done a lot sooner if you get a professional involved, uh, and you probably could have got a higher rating, and you probably could have saved yourself a lot of sweat and tears in doing it. So, Get a professional to do it. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be me. It can be, I mean, there are plenty of attorneys and agents that do VA claims, and each state has free service. They have county veteran service officers. They have state veteran service officers. Each state has national service officers, too. There's some good ones. Yeah. There's some bad ones. There's some great ones. There's some terrible ones. And I think it's with any profession. You just kind of yeah. roll the dice and interview. You don't go, When you're looking for a... a a power of attorney interview. You know, sit down and talk with powers of attorneys. It's like a job interview. You don't have to mm-hmm. pick the first one. 
right. you know, interview. Burden Journal and I have an old saying, John. If you do not have PTSD and you file a claim to the VA on anything that buys PTSD, after the years it takes to find the size your claim, <laughs> by the time you're done with the claim, you're going to have PTSD. <laughs> yeah. 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 I well, and, and mm-hmm. it really is. And, and, and no, no, no joking at all. I, 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 I get to the point where um, I, I live, breathe, and eat this. I, I find myself waking up at four in the morning. My head's already spinning because I know there's some claims that got to be working. It's a good thing. I'm not complaining at all. But but I, I tell you, you you as a as a power of attorney, uh, you live with these clients and and you live their claims and you want to win it for them. And then you get to the point where it does start playing on your mind a little bit. How can they do that? How can they do this? How can they do that? But on the reverse side, uh, it's such an elation. It's such a high to hit a big claim and to be able to call and tell a veteran or a widow, we got it. We want it. You're going to get a check each month for the rest of your life for $3,000. You're going to get back pay of $180,000. You're going to get free dental. You're going to get free health insurance. Your kids are going to get dependents' educational assistance. There, there's nothing more satisfying than to be able to call up a, a client and tell them that. Uh, but, but again, on the reverse side, you got to be honest with people too and say, it, it, you know, if you get a decision and it went south, as south as it can get, you got to call them and tell them that. Say, this is what the VA did. It's not over. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep pulling. And, and you, you, you kind of live with the emotions of these clients. And so you take some good ones and you take some bad ones. But at the end of the day, I always tell veterans there's no guarantees with the VA. One thing I can guarantee you with me, I'm going to give you the best shot at winning these claims. That's for sure. How many claims are you working on now, John? Hmm. Uh well, I know I'm staying busy from about 7 a.m. to 6 at night and working claims. Um, <laughs> I don't keep a number of my database um, active right now, um, a couple hundred probably, um, some more active than others. Uh, there, there's probably another couple hundred that are sitting dormant waiting for decisions. Um I keep it all together, though. I mean, again, you've been doing it as long as I have. You, you develop different techniques and and modes of operation to be as efficient as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I'm working a lot. Um, I don't turn any clients away. I haven't gotten to the point where I say uh, it's too much. I can't take any clients anymore. I, I take new clients still, uh, but uh, um, I can't put a number on it, Gerald. To be real honest with you. Well, that's good. Uh, reading my ass, I noticed when you're down there in Nashville, you're drinking some mighty fine beer. Oh, you saw that, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I took my uh, fiance on a getaway her, for her birthday to Nashville, and I'd never been mm-hmm. there before. <laughs> Not to get too off topic, but uh, um, I'd never been to Mardi Gras, but, but I almost mm-hmm. feel like I experienced Mardi Gras. Uh, Nashville downtown on a Saturday night. Holy smokes! You cannot it's hear yourself and think it's just insane, crazy. Yeah. And if, you like, if you like that kind of thing, go for it. But um, <laughs> I, I tolerated it for a while, but after a while, I'm like, yeah, let's go home. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just stay in Nashville. You stay downtown. We did. Did you? We did. We hung did out you at, make it? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, Kid Rock has a uh, honky tonk bar right on the main strip there, um, mm-hmm. and he actually showed up the next night, um, yeah. which is rare. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was there, and, and George Jones. We hung out at his bar for a while. It was a little bit more subdued. I kind of enjoyed that more. But uh, you know, Johnny Cash Museum and and uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of different things. So it was a good time. Good time. What they charge you to park? <laughs> what they charge me? To park, yeah. Oh, to park. Uh, 
Well, we flew and yeah. we Ubered to the hotel, so we didn't oh, have okay. any issues to park. Yeah, we we literally uh, the hotel was probably a five minute walk to a, a honky tonk row. They call it honky tonk something. Yeah, I think it's called honky tonk row, um, Broadway Street. And so uh, uh, we just walked up and down the street. And if you go on Facebook, if if, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, which I know you both are, I got a video. It got kind of blurry. In the beginning, I noticed, but it's about a good yeah. ten-minute video of what it was like on a Saturday night. So, but I don't want to get too off-topic. We're here to talk about VA benefits, but uh, <laughs> yeah, if there's anyone listening out there that wants to call in, I'm happy to take uh, take any questions. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you do that, John. Well, it's a uh, it's a fun fun thing to do. We uh, we like that area pretty much. Oh yeah, if anyone wants to call in, our call in number now, we should get that out. I guess is three four seven two three seven four eight one nine, and then you hit the number one and put you right in the queue with us. Yeah, and then we'll pick it up and put you right in the show. Yeah. They pop in. I think a lot of times veterans will listen to it later on the podcast. And uh, we run and, and if yeah. and if yeah, and if they are listening to it on the podcast, obviously obviously they're not going to be able to call in. But at the end of the show, I'll give you my my name and, and telephone number and and email address. If you decide you want to call me or shoot me an email, we'll we'll see what we can do. Okay, so I guess you can call yourself a full service, the full service credit VA claims agent, right? <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think so. I I, I got to tell you when when I was training in, uh, you know, years and years ago, I started in 1992 you know, as a senior level county vet service officer here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It, it was our job to know everything about every benefit, kind of a a jack of all trades, master of none. Although I was, I was just partial to disability compensation. I always thought I had a pretty good handle on that. But, but, but I guess the point I'm making is that if any clients out there, potential clients, or anyone has any questions uh, about benefits other than VA disability compensation, and they want to run that by me, feel free. Um, I'm talking about VA pension, VA medical center, VA home loan, VA life insurance. Uh, each state has their own package of benefits the state department of veterans affairs probably would want to call them directly for those benefits you know you got vocational rehabilitation and education benefits i still have a pretty good knowledge of all that stuff what about tricare do you know anything about tricare uh i know what tricare is yeah. Um, it's not yeah, just VA. <laughs> yeah, basically, and well, John Stacy, you're the authority on Tricare. Um, yeah. I would think you're the retired Navy guy. Insurance. The Tricare is the insurance offered to active duty and retired military members that have 20 years service for medical discharge after so many years. That's uh, basically you get Tricare and Tricare for life. You know, Tricare Prime. It's that's that's for that's for the retirees. It's totally different. And, different entity than anything to do with the VA because the VA insurance dependence is CHAMP VA and I think TRICARE and CHAMP VA may be administered by the same group but still different. It's a different well, program. Uh, the VA is trying to put me on TRICARE now. I'm not retired. Well, I no, guess I am. That's a mistake. That's a mistake on their part. They're well, they're they're right. They've made several. You know, uh, yeah, that's just some that's somebody that has no idea what they're doing, Gerald. You've got to keep an eye on that. I don't know so, why you don't check here. Champ VA uh, is a, uh, I guess we'd call it morphed, because back when probably you and I were in service, John, remember Champus? Yeah, it's called Champus. Insurance. I think it yeah, morphed Champ- into Champus. Yeah, no, Champus actually morphed into Champ VA, and Tricare was a new, a new plan. Got it. Yeah, we called yeah, it Champus actually, in the day. Did you know um, Champ VA yeah, was Champ VA is actually Champ VA is actually a was actually came around with a presidential executive order 
and that it still comes out of the presidential budget. Did you know that? I think you mentioned that on a show, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't know it then. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So. But, uh, you know, yeah. I was thinking, we've never had a show that I know of that actually sat down with, with, with the presenter of the show that actually took the P's and Q's and showed the difference between VA compensation and VA pension. And that is a big difference. So maybe in the future we can do a show on that and then discuss the difference if you'd like to do that. It's it's a huge difference. And, and yeah. I, I like to think that I, I still know a lot about VA pension, uh, probably mm-hmm. more than most. Although, um, you know, unless you keep your ear to the ground on VA pension almost almost every day, um, you're, you're not really an authority. And, and, and I, I mm-hmm. remove myself from most VA benefits other than VA disability compensation. But right. yes, I, I still feel like I have a pretty good handle on VA pension and the difference of mm-hmm. disability compensation and VA uh, pension, two totally separate uh, disability uh, claims. What I know about the VA pension is if you're a wartime veteran and you, you don't have any means and you have a certain, or your income certain, you know, with a certain amount of mm-hmm. money, you don't have a service neck disability, then the VA can give you a pension. And most pensions are basically taxable, aren't they? No, pension's not taxable, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, right. it is a need. It is a need type program. Need um, yeah, Gerald and I were talking about the change in law on the assets and the look back period. Uh, that's something that, oh, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's a. There was no look back period. Uh, you could transfer assets up to the day you, uh, if a widow wanted to transfer assets or, mm-hmm. or a veteran wanted to transfer assets into his wife's name up to the day uh, that they file for pension. As long as you do it before you file, they, they, there's no look back. I think there's a yeah, three or five year look back period now that the VA looks yeah, at for, was, for assets. Yeah, like last October. Last October which I don't. That. I don't think I have a problem with that to be honest with you. Yeah. I think pension it, it's a need type program mm-hmm. and you know we won't get too far in the weeds on pension. We don't have a lot of time but um okay. pension is a need type program and uh yeah you had to serve during a wartime period uh and and uh at least a general discharge you have to have a good paper. Um you have to uh you know there's a length of service requirement. I, I think it's Prior to 1980, 180 days, uh, at least a certain time period had to have been during a, a war and t- wartime period, and and you have to your income and assets have to be below a certain level. Uh, usually, the demarcation for for assets is about 80,000 in liquid assets. You got to be out there below for a wife and a vet, um, and then your income. Uh, they, they tally that up, and if you're over, you can reduce it with out-of-pocket medical expenses. If you can get below their 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 level, then you can secure a, a pension. Depending upon how far below you get their level, would determine how much pension you can get. And even if you max pension, it's not a whole lot of money. Um, where where pension really comes into play is for veterans who are in a nursing home, and they're paying six seven thousand dollars a month, and they're they're wiping out their monthly income and they're diving into their liquid assets. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually where you get veterans who are maximizing their pension, which a veteran okay. is on aid and attendance. It's about 1500 a month, I think 1600, something like that. Well, you know, there's, that's another show too, is the pension versus compensation. And you get put in nursing home. That's, that's, that's another good show. Yeah. Because there's differences, well, yeah. you know, what the, yeah. So, I mean, veterans need to know this yeah. stuff because, Hey, we're all getting old, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, that's the way life is, you know. You're born, you go into service, you get messed up, you get out, and you die. <laughs> well, especially if you're in a you're in a nursing home because of or due to a service-connected disability. I mean, you're talking special monthly compensation. Right? You, you, you can get compensated pretty high for that. And who's got to pay the nursing home? That's the cool thing. Well, you get a contract through the VA Medical Center, they, they'd probably pay it for you. That's another yeah. thing the VA Medical Center does is they can contract to uh, providers outside the VA Medical Center for nursing homes. Of course, you don't always get the, the, the luxurious nursing home. Uh, you know, you're probably going to get a middle-of-the-road nursing home. 
Um, and then every state has their own set of nursing homes too. Uh, yeah, for the VA. So that the service disabled veterans are uh, definitely eligible for that. Uh, if, if you're not service disabled, uh, you could just the nursing home. You could be put in, and your wife could be put in. I think there's some age limitations for for your spouse, if I remember right. I think the state of Minnesota is you have to be 55 years of age or older for a spouse, uh, and you mm-hmm. have to have a need for it, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. I, I stand corrected if I'm wrong on that, but I'm just picking my memory a little bit there. Yeah. So, okay. But I mean, there's so many, there's so many topics, discussion topics for shows, you know, beyond VA claims. I mean, it's just, a, you know, because had it the, you know, had it the full service website anyway, you know, they try to discuss it and can. You know, their main focus is on the VA claims process because that's kind of our bread and butter. You know, we make so much money doing it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And there are some there are some sharp cookies on that hadit.com. Uh, website, so so I can't promote that enough. www.hadit.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign in, be a member. Uh, yeah. Strengthen that website. It's a good website. It's one of the best out there. Mm-hmm. And the forums are good. You get a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of good conversations back and forth. And the majority yeah. of the veterans on there, they they just want to help people. We got a new thing coming on here next week or so on Hadit. Uh, I've been negotiating with T Bird. We're uh, starting a Hadit.com Hall of Fame. And uh, oh. we're starting to reward some of the members that's been around forever and that's done a whole lot, contributed a whole, you know, contributed a whole lot. Kind of, you know, a little bit. Some, yeah. Some of those guys so, are definitely big contributors. You see the number of posts yeah. they have and and yeah. and, and uh, that kind of thing too. So, and, and and I read some of them and they're they're spot on. A lot of them are. Yeah. I you get back from the older stuff and the people like Ron Simmons and people like that and. People like Mike Bailey and just those guys years and years ago, you know, if you were in education, just read their posts. They'll tell you a lot of different stuff. So, yeah. You know, and uh, unfortunately, most of them has gone now, you know. It's uh, time yeah. is what it is in this 22-year existence, you know. We've lost a lot of people, you know. And we've had a lot of good people come on the site and hang around and help out and, you know, and do the best job they can do. And, then, you know, of course, we lose a lot of them, too. Well, someday yeah. they'll be talking about us in the past tense, right? <laughs> hey, that's what it is, man. We're the, today, today we're tomorrow's history, right? Well, well at least we we'll have our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. good, though. Uh, have you said, have you, have you, have you, have you, have I'm sorry, you faded out there a bit. Have you and your, your students have you saw the movie Midway yet? I, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Have you and the, have you and the girlfriend seen the movie Midway yet? Midway, ah, um, yeah, no, I saw the previews. Go, How, what'd you think? Go see it. Go see, see it. it. Saturday. Go see it. Okay, it's Any not overhyped. It's not. Shows. No. Go see it. Okay. Some of those movies they can get over dramatic and overhyped, and and no. you know they overact. You know, it's not like that, is it? Woody Harrelson's in no. it. Though. I like him. Yeah, he's, he plays out every minute. Okay. The Texas farm boy. Get on the plane. <laughs> uh, John, Midway, huh? uh, you want to give us your... Yeah. What? Yeah. No, you better so, give us some information here. <laughs> okay, yeah, before we sign off, right? Um, okay, so it's usually best to email me because that way I can I can reply with my resume so you get a kind of an idea of who I am and what I do. Um you could email me at uh, it's benefitsagent at comcast dot net. That's uh, benefits b e n e f i t s agent a g e n t at comcast dot net. Uh, my phone number, if you want to ring me, um, and if I don't answer, please leave a voicemail. I will call you back pretty quick. Uh, Minneapolis St. Paul area code six five one. 303 3062. That's 651 303 3062. Uh, just in time. <laughs> yeah. John, buddy, thanks for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again in a couple weeks and we'll, we'll have some more fun. 
thanks for coming on being a co-host, buddy. Well, that's all. I'm glad you do it again sometime. All right. Well, folks, that's about it for today. This is Jay Basher. We're signing off for now. You have been listening to the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is brought to you by Hadit.com. Stay tuned next week for another edition of the Basser Hour and the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show. Thanks for listening.